in the book of Philemon. It's not a very long book. In fact, it's only one chapter. And um, notice these words. Paul is writing, and he says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And into the seventh verse, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. What we've been doing and what we are in the process of doing is sharing with you four specific prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed. Last week we talked about not praying those safe, general, small prayers, but believing God for bigger things and more specific prayers, where we're going to pray big and God-honoring, faith-filled and specific prayers, just like the Apostle Paul prayed. And What's interesting is when you study the prayers of the Apostle Paul, and there's some amazing prayers that we can pray, that he prayed, you find there's a common rhythm, and he's going to pray for something specific, and then you're going to see the words, so that. He's going to pray, and then, so that. And he's going to show you the desired result. For example, last week we saw him say, I pray that you would be filled with power so that Christ may dwell in your inner being. Every time he prays, we see the words, so that, and we see the end results of his prayer. So last week we were praying for the power of God, and I hope that you continue to pray for the power, because we all need God's power, amen? We need his power to live, we need his power to function, we need his power to fulfill his will, we just need his power. And so we were praying for power. I want to talk today about a specific prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. It's one of the most interesting things that you can pray for Christians that you love. One of the most interesting prayers you can pray. In fact, I want to ask you this question. If there was a specific prayer that you could pray for other Jesus followers that would help them have a full understanding of every good thing they have in Christ, how many of you would want to pray that prayer? Of course you want to pray that prayer. If we could pray a prayer for our fellow believers in Christ so that they, it would help them to have a full understanding of every good thing they have in Christ. Now, I would hope every one of us would want to pray that prayer. If you want the Christians that you love to have a full understanding of every good thing they have in Christ, then you should pray for them that they should continue to be active in sharing their faith. Let me say this again. If you want to see somebody you love have a full understanding of every good thing that they have in Christ, then you should pray that they be active in sharing their faith in Christ. Now, why would Paul say that? I want to give us a little bit of the background story of this book written to this man called Philemon. It's an amazing little tiny book. One chapter was actually a personal letter that Paul wrote to Philemon. And uh, it's, it's written to a person, not to a group of churches. Um, and so Paul is writing to Philemon, who was quite honestly a very successful businessman. He hosted a, a small group every single week in his house. Now, if you can picture this, you've got a business guy who has a life group meeting in his home. And one of his slaves, because they owned slaves at that time, one of his slaves escaped. And the slave's name was Onesimus. Now, Onesimus ran away from Philemon. In fact, he ran all the way to Rome. 
And as it would happen, he met up with the Apostle Paul in Rome. We don't know exactly how it happened, but what we do know is that the Apostle Paul led this slave, Onesimus, into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, this guy is massively transformed. His life has changed. It's totally the real deal. And now, now Onesimus says, I, I need to go back to Philemon. I need to make things right. And this is, you know, Jesus has changed me, and I need to go and do the right thing. Now, what Paul does is he then writes to Philemon, and we have the letter, because he's a friend of Paul's, a letter vouching for this slave Onesimus. Now, basically, Philemon, you need to understand, Paul is saying, Jesus has changed this guy's life. He's coming back. I want you to receive him as a brother in the Lord because that's exactly what he is. Paul's writing a very heartfelt, very emotional plea to his friend, this business owner, a letter on behalf of this slave whose life had been transformed. I want to look at just a few portions of this story, and we're going to start there in verse 4. And this is what Paul says to his buddy Philemon. He says this, I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers. And he says, I thank him for two reasons. One is, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. And the second reason, he says, and I want us to say this out loud, it's because, can you see it up there? It's because of your love for the saints. Because of your love for the saints. Now think, think about this. I thank God Philemon because I hear you love other Christians in such a beautiful way. I thank God because of your faith in Jesus and because you have a deep love for other Jesus followers. Then in verse 6, see what Paul says. He says, I pray. Everybody say, I pray. I pray that you may be what? I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Now don't miss this. So that, I pray that you may be, now I know you love the brothers, I know you love your friends in Christ, I know that, but I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. So that you would have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now one more time, he says, I pray that, we got to get this. You have a full, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. Now, why did he pray this? The answer is right there in front of us. So that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. Now, I'm just wondering, could it be we will not have a full understanding of everything we have in Christ if we do not share our faith? Interesting. So what I want to do for a moment is, I want to read into this story a little bit, if you'd allow me. And I want to give you my theory. Sometimes I I have a bit of a vivid imagination. Other times it's not working good at all. But I want to give you my theory. What I want you to know is this is only my theory. It's not documented. It's not necessarily in the Bible. But here's what I think very likely could have happened. Imagine this. This slave... We know he runs away. He gets to Rome. He meets Paul. He's maybe hurting. 
asking questions, or maybe he's afraid, he's spiritually lost or something, and, and Paul hits it off right, right away with this guy. He just, now how? In Rome, and he's, you know, he knows fine, he was Philemon's slave, and Philemon and Paul know each other, and anyway, Paul hits it off, and he tells him, guess what? Onesimus, once I was just like you. I used to hate Christians. And then I met the risen Christ and this powerful way in which I can live. And you, Onesimus, you need to know him. And now something happens and the slave is like, yes, I need that. And he prays and his life is transformed. And Paul starts talking to him like, "Uh, where'd you come from? Well, I actually worked for this guy named Philemon. Philemon? I know that man. My goodness, he's amazing. He's got a life group in his home. Wait, wait, wait. You work for Philemon? And you're not a follower of Jesus? Huh. Philemon loves brothers and sisters in Christ. You work for Philemon and you're not a follower of Jesus? Didn't Philemon ever tell you about Jesus? Oh, he didn't? Philemon. I thank God that I hear about your faith in Jesus and your love for the saints. Philemon, you're, you're loving Christians. And if you're reading into this, perhaps Paul's going, wait a minute, Philemon, wait a minute. Don't forget to share your faith, especially with those who are with, you're with every single day, who you see all the time. Philemon, I pray that you'll begin to share your faith. And the reason I think Perhaps that Paul was doing this is because he knows as well that it's true today that one of the most dangerous places for Christians to get at is to get to this inward-looking, self-centered version of Christianity. Where instead of loving those who are far from God, we start judging those who are far from God. Instead of having an attitude of trying to reach out, we have an attitude of trying to retreat and run away from them. And before long, a lot of people are like, stay away from the world. The world is bad. Stay away from those people. You know, they're non-Christians. They swear. The ones that watch rated R movies and they listen to secular music, be careful. Keep your kids away from them. And there's this retreatism, and we run and we hide and all this kind of stuff. Now, I know that there's a certain element of, you know, watch what, who your friends are, and all, your most intimate friends are, and all, all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. The last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven was not, Christians, go into your houses and hide I don't read that anywhere. What he said was, go into the world and shine. Go into the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples of them. He said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You don't run from darkness. You shine into the darkness. Now, the problem is, so often... I know this is going to be a little bit of a, a big vitamin to swallow this morning, but the problem so often, we become inward looking and we start arguing over dumb things like, Pastor, that's not the way we do church. 
the Greek word didn't really say that, Pastor. Now, that's not the right version of the Bible. You know that Paul used the King James Version. And you can almost hear Paul saying, don't do that, Philemon. Always be active in sharing your faith. If you're a Jesus follower, you'd have to say, I know that is important. If you're a Jesus follower, you have to say, I know it's important to share your faith, right? How many say it's important to share your faith? We know it's important. The reality is, if we took a survey today, I'm just guessing. In one way or the other, I'm guessing that maybe one or two in ten actually directly in the last seven days boldly shared their faith in Christ. Just a wild guess. Maybe one or two in ten this morning actively, boldly shared their faith. If we know it's important and yet we don't do it, the question arises, why don't we do it more often? Why don't we share our faith? Now, there's a number of reasons. I think one of the reasons is we just get busy. Life happens. I understand that. And we forget about the importance of it until the pastor puts us on the spot on Sunday morning in church and says, how many think it's important to share your faith? And you don't want to not put your hand up. We know it's important, and yet, if we're really honest... So I think sometimes we just get busy. Life happens and we forget about the importance of it. I think one of the reasons is that we don't want to be that, that weird person. You know that Jesus loves you. Like, oh, there's that guy. So we don't want to become like, you know, for whatever reason. We don't want to force our beliefs on people. And, and I understand that's absolutely fair. But I think probably the biggest reason that most don't more often share their faith in Christ is we just don't feel like we know enough. We feel like if we knew more, then we would do it more. But I don't feel like I know enough. And so here's the tension that I want us to see. We think if we understood more, then we would share our faith. But Paul is implying through this prayer that that's not what happens. He's saying, when you share your faith, then you understand more. Not the other way. Understand more and then share your faith. No, no. When you share your faith so that you will understand more. Isn't that an incredible prayer he's praying? It's not, I pray that they'll understand more so they'll share their faith. No, no. I pray that you share your faith so that you'll understand more. I want to to show you practically going back in time to a a method that was used for teaching in eons gone by. The easel and the whiteboard. I want to show you kind of visibly what this looks like. Thanks, Freddie. And uh, so... Because Paul is praying here a very, very, very important, important prayer. And so, uh, on on your notes, I'll draw it here, and you can draw it on your notes on the back, and and maybe it'll help you remember. So, Paul is saying, the first thing he says, 
there in Philemon, he says, he wants us to share our faith. So he said, it's important that you, you share your faith. And we're going to talk about that in a moment, what that exactly means. And in fact, um, starting on Tuesday, we're going to do kind of a, a trial run of the Alpha course. Every Tuesday, um, well, just take a break there, Christmas, whatever. But on Tuesdays, we're going, to, we're going to show the Alpha course and want to get us all prepared so that when you do it through the second time, you're going to be very equipped and you're not going to be nervous and afraid and everything else. And we're going to invite people and we're going to see people come to faith in Christ. Now, you can invite them on this trial run too. There's no problem. But we really want to help you and uh, knowing how to share your faith and, and how to... It's, it's, it's not a difficult matter. Like Anyway, we'll get into that later. But Paul says, I pray that you would share your faith. I know, I know you love the believer. I know you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. But he's saying, I pray that you will share your faith. And so the thing he says, when you share your faith, lives are going to be impacted. Now, we know that's true, right? It's okay to talk. We know that's true, right? When we share our faith, lives are impacted with the power of the gospel. And so you share your faith, lives are impacted, and when lives are impacted, then what happens to you when you share your faith? Paul says you're going to have a full understanding. Now, we've all wanted to have a full understanding before we share our faith, because what if they ask us a question we can't answer? Friends, the majority of Christians today are so overfed and so overstuffed, they can't get off their blessed assurance to share their faith. We have so much knowledge... And so much information. In fact, if we don't have it, just go to the internet or go to a Bible study program. Whatever You get all the information you want. The thing we lack is understanding what we were singing about this morning. The amazing love of Jesus Christ for the person outside the family of God. We lack that. And that's why we need the first prayer. We need the power of God to help us in our understanding of the love of Jesus Christ for the people that so often intimidate us, or some of us, and we're afraid of. Paul says, you want to get a full understanding? Start sharing your faith. You'll see lives impacted, and you'll begin to get a full understanding of the transforming power of the love of Jesus Christ that we perhaps have forgotten. And then what Paul said, because when you share your faith and lives are impacted, you get a full understanding, then what's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to uh, not be ingrown, but outward focused. You'll begin to get an outward focus. And it'll no longer be, boy, they sang a little too long on that one song this morning. Or, why doesn't somebody fix that bank of lights up there that flickers every once in a while? Or, years and years ago, we fixed that. We'll be outward focused as we share our faith. We'll see lives impacted. We'll get a full understanding of all that Christ has given us. And our focus will be outward. It'll be on those who do not yet know Jesus Christ. And that's what it would look like. 
Lives are impacted when you share your faith. We get a full understanding. Then we get this outward, evangelistic, loving focus towards other people. And when you have this, these are, these are the big two. We're called to love God and love people. That's the scripture. Love God and love people. Not just love people that are already in the fold. Love God and love people. Then what happens is you want to share your faith even more. More lives are impacted. You grow deeper in your understanding and you have more of an outward focus and you share your faith and around and around and around we go. As you share your faith, lives are impacted. You get a bigger understanding of how much God loves you. You get this outward focus. So you share your faith and around and around it goes. Then you want to share it. Unfortunately, we feel like we don't know enough. We're not ready. We're not good enough. So we don't share our faith. Lives are not impacted because we're just doing our own little inward-looking Christian thing. We don't grow spiritually in a deeper understanding of what we have in Christ. Therefore, instead of outward focus, we become inward-looking Christians, which arguably, that's an oxymoron in itself. And we're no longer sharing our faith. And suddenly, we become very lukewarm in what we do. That's one of the reasons why I believe the Apostle Paul was praying for Philemon. He says, man, you love your church. But do not forget, always, always, always share your faith. You love your church. That's great. And as lives are changed, you'll have this full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. Then you'll have this outward focus and you'll have very positive spiritual momentum in your life as you do so. Friends, last week, I don't know how many of you because I wasn't looking just like the rest. I don't know how many, but last week, we said we were going to be a church that was going to pray for power. And so we started to do that. And you keep praying for power. But today, we're going to add something now that we pray for. What's going to happen is over time, we're going to develop this very rich arsenal of spiritual things to focus on in prayer. So we're going to add this. We're praying for other believers that we love. We're praying for ourselves that we would continue to share our faith. We're praying for ourselves that we would, we would be more outward focused. We're praying for the teenagers. We're praying for the eight-year-old. praying for the five-year-old. We're praying for our spouse. We're praying for our pastors. We're praying for the Christians that you work with. We're praying for the people in your life group. We're praying that you would continue to share your faith in Christ, that you'd be active in sharing your faith that you have in Christ, let me warn you, and let me just warn you clearly. When you start praying for this, you will, I say, you will have opportunities this week, multiple ones, and they're going to come your way as you pray this prayer. Get ready. You pray, now, folks, this is one prayer that I think God is listening for, and the Holy Spirit, and the angels are ready to go. When you pray this prayer, Lord, give me an opportunity this week, today, this morning, to share my faith in Christ with somebody. Jab that person. I don't know how he does it. I warn you. When you start to pray this prayer, you will get opportunities to share your faith. It's not what you know, friends. It's who you know. Not what you know, it's who you know. Multiple opportunities are going to come.
And what I want to do is, since many people don't feel equipped, I want to give you four very simple ways to share your faith based loosely on some stories in the Bible. When God gives you, and he will, give you opportunities and moments in response to your prayer, you're going to be adequately prepared to share your faith. You're going to get a deeper understanding, and suddenly you're going to see this forward spiritual momentum in your life as God uses you to impact others. And friend, when you arrive here on Sunday morning, we're going to have to hold you down. You're going to be so pumped at what God did and the greater understanding you have in your life of all that Christ has given you. I just believe that, friends. I believe that with all my heart. Because I believe that's the heart of the Father. And He has placed His love inside of you and I. And His love is, He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and everlasting life. First, if you're taking notes, you can be loving, but be direct. Be loving, but be direct. You can be very loving, but there's a time to be direct. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, this is what Peter did when he preached to thousands of people. He was loving, but he was direct. He said to them this, he said, you need to repent of your sin and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, how many want to go and do that this week? Hallelujah. You walk into your office, you need to repent. Friends, there is a way to be loving and being direct. And there is a time. Now, that's direct. You need to turn to God, he said, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, what he didn't say was, you know, hey guys, I'm thinking maybe, maybe like, um, uh, maybe you should explore your spiritual options. And you know, maybe you should think about it and just wonder what would happen if you explored your spiritual options. Peter didn't do that. He's just as direct as can be. You need to repent of your sin. You need to turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's as direct as you can be. Now, there'll be times, I think, when the Holy Spirit will lead you to be direct like that, and you obey the prompting of the Spirit. You don't, you don't do it all the time. You do it when God leads you. You're praying for power. You're praying for God to lead you. You're praying for God. To, but there are times, friends, he wants you to be very direct. Second way you can share your faith, and every one of us can do this anytime, you can share your story. Every one of you have a very powerful story if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, John, in his gospel, in the ninth chapter, we don't have the verse there, but you can jot it down if you want. It's an amazing story of a guy who was born blind. And he comes and, and, uh, and we find that that Jesus opens his eyes. All of a sudden, the Pharisees are debating this, and they're going, now, whose fault was it that this guy was blind? Is it his parents' fault? And Jesus healed him on the Sabbath, so Jesus must be a sinner. 
Maybe he wasn't really blind. And so they questioned the guy. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand the deeper meanings of all these theological debates that you're having. He says, all I can tell you is I was blind. But now I see. That's all I know. You can argue all you want. But now I want you to know my story. Yesterday, I couldn't see. Today, I can see. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Everybody has a story. Everybody. Some of you. That's your greatest love weapon. All I know is I used to be an addict, or I used to be an alcoholic, or I used to be, but because of Jesus, I'm not. All I know is, one time, I was really hurting, but because of Jesus, I now have peace. All I know is, once I was lost, with no direction, but Jesus came and gave me direction in life, and and he found me in the pit of despair that I was in. You just tell your story. Some of you, you've got some probably really wild, wild, wild stories. I mean, maybe you used to smoke weed. Maybe you used to drink whiskey. Maybe you used to shoot heroin. But Jesus saved you. I don't know. Some of you, it's not quite that dramatic. You used to smoke Cheetos and drink NyQuil and shoot gophers. But Jesus saved you. I don't know what your story is. But whatever, everybody's got a story. Every once in a while you hear some of my story. I'm going to quit telling you. Some of you guys are going to use that against you one day. You tell your version of your story. And then you watch as God uses that to impact other people. It's amazing how often your story will interact and overlap their story. Oh, I lost a child too. Oh, I lost a marriage too. Oh, I was rejected by the church too. Oh, I had this happen to me too. Let me tell you what God did. You can be loving, you can be direct, you can share your story. Have you ever found anybody who's going to argue your story? I don't believe you used to smoke seven packs a day. And you quit like that? I don't believe. No one's going to tell you that. A third way, very simple. You can invite people to church. Now, friends, it doesn't get any easier than that. It's just like, why don't you just come with me? An hour and 25 minutes. We used to be longer. And everybody said, amen. No, no. It used to, an hour and 25, just come for an hour and 25 minutes. You'll love it. In fact, that's essentially what the woman in John's gospel, in the fourth chapter, did. Jesus is having this interaction with a Samaritan sinful woman, which a Jewish man would never, ever have done. And he's loving this woman, and he says to this woman, Ma'am, you've had five husbands, and the guy you're living with now, he's not your husband. She's like, whoa. How does he know all this stuff? Then he says, basically, you're thirsting, for something more and you're just kind of using regular water and he says I can give you living water and you'll never thirst again she is so moved by 
this encounter with Jesus, what she does, she runs back to her community, and this is what she says. Come and see the man who told me everything I've done. Come and see Jesus. Just come and see. Meet this guy who's told me all about my life. That's what you can do. Just come with me. Just come to church. Give it a try. It'll change your life. You meet the person who changed my life, he can change your life, and his name is Jesus. Why don't you just come? Music's great. People are friendly. You can have a coffee or not. Ten bits if you bring them. I mean, why don't you just come? It's just an hour and 25 minutes or so. Just come. And the fourth way, if you're taking notes, is this. You can live a life that other people will want. You can live a life that other people will want. In fact, Paul and Silas, they did this. It's kind of a crazy story. You can read about it in Acts. They get arrested and they're in prison. And what do these, these crazy guys do, these Jesus followers? They're, they're in the middle of jail, prison. They, just, they hold this worship service. They're just worshiping God and the jailer's watching and, and, uh, and they're just worshiping. Now, most people don't worship God when they're in jail. Suddenly, this earthquake, earthquake happens. God sends this earthquake. The jail doors fly open, and they're free. And the jailer, he's like, well, if they escape, you know, the higher-ups are going to kill me, so I might as well just kill myself. And then Paul is like, don't kill yourself. No, no, no. We're all still here. They're showing love to this guy, and he looks at them and basically says, I want what you have. And he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? In other words, I've seen something you have and I don't have, and I want what you have. You can live a life that other people will want. Just live that kind of a life. There are those of you that when you live with God in such a way that you find out that you're diagnosed with some horrible disease and you're not even rocked by it and you have this peace through it how do you do that and people will ask you how you do that and I think of my brother who I just talked to my sister yesterday on the phone she was up to visit my brother in Logan Lake and he's at home on in palliative care and she called me last night after she got home with my mom and she said, Roy, he's looking pretty bad. He's got lumps all over. The uh, cancer is spreading. Tumors are everywhere. He, he can't really um, get out of bed anymore. His legs are so swollen. They're so full of water because he can't move them. Now it takes two people to roll him over. He's uh, got double vision. And it's beginning to affect his brain. Doctors are saying if you want to communicate with him, the family should get there within two weeks because he could be gone in two weeks or maybe a little longer. I said, how's, how's my brother? She said, his spirits have never been better. He has such a peace. In fact, he said to mom, he said, mom, I, I probably won't see Christmas this side of heaven, but I'll get to see dad before any of you do. He gets a group of men that come into his home every Tuesday. 
They may watch a movie. They may watch something on right now, media and a Bible study together and pray together. And every opportunity he has, he shares his faith. Live a life that other people will want and can't understand. Now, my brother has not given up believing in healing. But I want to tell you one thing. I think he's looking forward to something even more so now than his body being strengthened. He's looking forward to heaven. See, the ones who really it affects is us who are left behind. And, and we get a little bit, can I say, selfish? When my brother is going where every one of us want to go. And if we know Jesus Christ, we will go one way or another. But he has this peace. It's, it's amazing. My sister said he's got such a great attitude. He's in the middle of all this stuff going on. And so him and his wife, the other night they have this conversation. And so his wife says to him, Honey, you've got to know that it's happening faster than we thought it was going to happen. So my brother says, well, then I better hurry. I, I, I want to do a blog while I still can. I, I want to write something on Facebook while I still have. I want to share a message that you can share at my memorial. I've got to hurry. Live a life that other people will want. And every one of us can live that life. Every one of us. Doesn't take a seminary degree. Doesn't take a Bible course degree. Just takes a person who's been transformed by the love of Jesus Christ to live a life that other people want. There are those of you that when you live with God in such a way that if you find out you have something like that, you're not rocked by it, but you have peace through it. And how do you do that, people are going to ask. And like my brother says, I've just got the grace of Jesus carrying me. And there's something about him that people always say, what do you have? What's different about you? He's just not in a creepy, weird way. He just tells them, the grace of God has transformed my life. And if you want to know what I have, I would love to share it with you. You can live in such a way that other people will be hungry for what you have. And that's one of the reasons we're going to pray. We're going to pray every day. God, give us opportunities to share our faith. However it's going to happen in sharing, you just direct us. But may we be active. God, we pray for those we love, that others are hungry for what you have. And so we're going to pray every day. Every day. God, I need your power. I need your strength. I need your grace. And I want you to provide for me these opportunities and give me the grace to share my faith so that lives will be transformed, so that I'll fully understand more 
of your love for me so that I won't be inward focused but outward focused so that again I share my faith and the momentum builds and my life is lived for you Jesus and with that outward focus we share our faith even more and we'll have this positive spiritual momentum this week every day we pray God give us an opportunity to share our faith let my life demonstrate whose I am And friends, he will. And let me show you three things that will happen. The first thing is, as you share your faith, you get to play a part in a divine story. Think about it. You get to play a part in a divine story. This is so awesome. You get to play a part in someone else's spiritual story. You may be simply planting a seed. You may be the one who waters the seed. You may be just a small, you play just a small part. You may be there at the harvest when that person actually commits their life to Christ. But you get to make a difference in someone else's life. And when you do, man, that brings spiritual momentum and faith into your heart. You get to play a role in somebody else's story. You're part of a divine story. And the second thing, when you share your faith, your faith grows. You ever prayed, God, give me more faith? Share your story. Your faith will grow. Your faith grows and grows and grows, and you're having a conversation with someone, and you don't know what to say next, and you're like, what do I say? And then this Bible verse and thought just pops into your brain, and you're like, where did that come from? Must be God. And then you're praying for that person And you're praying for more people. And all of a sudden, your faith is growing. And your faith starts to expand. Because when you share your faith, lives are changed. And you get a deeper understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. And you have this outward, loving focus to people who are far from God. And therefore, you want to do more and more. And you're not judging them, but you're loving them in Christ. We have enough judges. The province and the federal government don't think we have enough judges. But friends, we have enough judges. There's people all over, and some are ready to judge you. Don't worry. They won't leave you out. They'll label you something if you want to share your faith. The enemy would like to destroy your passion to tell others your story. What if I invite them to church and somebody speaks in tongues? Oh, Jesus, help us. What if somebody shouts? Friends, one thing people know when they go to church, church church things are going to happen in church. Now, if they walked into church and somebody was walking a tightrope, they might be worried. But they know someone's going to pray. They know someone's going to sing. They know someone's going to name the name of Jesus. They know something. Let God take care of the details. Your faith grows. And thirdly, when you share your faith, you're reminded of what you have in Christ. You know, when you start telling your story of how you came to Christ and things God set you free from, you're reminded of all that Jesus Christ did. And that's why you have a greater understanding. And there's some of you, there was a time in your life when you were really passionate about Jesus and now you're not. And you know it. You're not passionate about Jesus anymore. 
I can guarantee you from the time you were passionate until this moment right now, you stopped sharing your faith. You're not passionate now because you stopped sharing your faith. I can guarantee you because when you're sharing your faith, something happens on the inside. And you're telling people the story of the gospel and you're talking about forgiveness of sins to people that have never realized that God could forgive their sin. It's like you're hearing it again for the first time when you tell it again. And then you talk about the promises of God and you tell them, yeah, God's not going to like, give you the perfect life. You're never going to have, be free of all problems. Instead, in the middle of those problems, God gives you a supernatural peace that goes beyond your ability to understand and you get all excited again about how good God is. Just like when you were singing in church. And the very Spirit of God moves into the life of the Jesus follower, and that Spirit convicts you and loves you and equips you and comforts you and empowers you, and suddenly you start, you start walking by faith and not by sight. You don't just serve this God who's out to get you, but you have a loving relationship with a God that you can know, a God who speaks to you, a God who cares about you, and all of a sudden... We're on the front lines talking about the goodness of God and you cannot be lukewarm and talk about the goodness of God. You're filled with the fullness of all that God has and suddenly you have a deeper understanding and a deeper understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. And when you share, lives are changed. You have a deeper understanding. You have an outward focus and you want to share even more. You want to tell more people about Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm praying every day for you, for power, because you need spiritual power. I need spiritual power. I'm praying for our church community that you would be active in sharing your faith in Christ, because when we do, we'll see lives change. And when we're active in sharing our faith in Christ, you'll have a full understanding of every good thing you have in Christ. And therefore, you can better please God in all that you do. Father, I pray today that for our Christian community, God, we do endeavor to love each other best we can. But God, what about those we work with? What about those that we rub shoulders with at that meeting and the grocery store we run into at the mall or that sports event. Father, I pray that even as friends are praying in this room this morning, I pray, God, that you would give us opportunities and it'd be so bold staring in her face that we'll know you set it up. You provided us an opportunity to live in a way that people would want what we have. You've provided an opportunity at times when we want to lovingly, yet direct, speak to somebody. An opportunity where we can share our story. God, you're going to provide these opportunities. And you're giving us the power to share our faith. So that we'll see lives impacted and we'll be part of a divine story in somebody else's life. We'll get a fuller understanding of all the things we have in Christ. And and then we won't be so inward focused anymore, but we'll be outward focused. 
But Lord, you says that we're to go. We're to go. And we're to share. And the power of the gospel transforms and changes lives. And I pray, God, that there's people in this room right now who are going to say, yes, God. Give me opportunities this week to share my faith. Whatever method it may take, maybe one not even listed, but God, give me the power and help my life to live in such a way that others will want what I have. Forgive us, God, where we have not fulfilled our calling in Jesus Christ. Cleanse us afresh and anew. Father, I pray you'll take away every condemning thought or word the enemy has placed in our minds and thoughts that you can't do that. Don't you realize what you used to be? What are people going to say about you? Father, I come against every one of those words and I ask for the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to come upon your people. That Lord will go from this place saying, yes, Lord, give me an opportunity. I want an opportunity to share my faith. God, help me. Friends, it's, it's on the heart of God. It's why Jesus went to the cross. That we might take these opportunities that he gives us every day in some way to share our faith. And you're hearing say, Pastor, would you, would you pray for me this morning? Because I believe what the Apostle Paul is saying. I believe what you have shared this morning. I believe that's God's word for me. And I need to be more diligent and share my faith and then I'll understand, not understand and then share my faith. I have a story to tell. I've got life messages in my life that I can share with others how God helped me. And you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm in. I want to pray that prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Many. Yes, thank you. Father, I'm so thankful, God, for church family that not only do they want to pray for your power to be on their life and help them, but Lord, they they want to pray too and ask you for to make these opportunities so obvious that they can't mistake the opportunity you provided for them in some way, shape, or form, some measure to share their faith, to share their story, to pray with someone, invite someone to church, to say, oh, I went through that too, and here's how God helped me. To put a verse in their thoughts. So Lord, I pray for the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. In answer to their prayer, and their daily prayer, So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you.
I thank you, Father, in advance for the lives that are going to be transformed and changed and the excitement that will be contagious in our lives and at times the heartache because maybe a person will say no. But Lord, at least we've been obedient to share and your Holy Spirit does the work. And we leave them in your hands. Maybe it's just a matter of planting a seed. Maybe we're going to water a seed somebody else has planted. And maybe we're going to have the opportunity to reap the harvest of that person committing their life to Christ. Lord, help us to see we're workers together in the family of God. Lord, I come against the work of the enemy that would try to condemn people for their past failures. The thoughts they may be having right now, Lord, I just say that in Jesus Christ, there's an amazing forgiveness and cleansing and washing and purity. And Lord, today can be the first day of the rest of our life in sharing our faith with others. I ask your blessing upon people. And Lord, for any person here this morning who they still are in need of fully committing their life to Jesus Christ. They would say, today is my day. Today, I want to ask Jesus Christ to take control of my life, take away all my sin and all the things I've tried to do on my own to try to make myself good enough, I... I realize and recognize, Jesus, I'll never make myself good enough, so I'm coming just as I am. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Take away all my sin and all the guilt and shame and set me free of my past. and Help me to see the amazing future I have in you, Jesus. If you're here this morning, you can pray that prayer right now without anybody even knowing. And you can ask Jesus Christ into your life. But once you do, I encourage you to tell somebody. Tell somebody your decision. Today, October the 30th, 2016. 12.12 p.m. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Tell somebody. It'll make you stronger. It'll put your foot on the enemy. For God loves you in an amazing, amazing way. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I I thank you, Lord, that you're the one that reveals it to us. You're the one that helps us. You're the one that fulfills it in our life. And I pray, God, that we would pray this prayer in Philemon and we would understand that it goes beyond just loving one another. And if we love each other enough, we'll pray, God, that you will give our brothers and sisters in Christ an opportunity to share their faith, that they might come to a full understanding of all that they have in Christ. And we pray that for one another in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. Lift up his countenance on you and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Amen. We release the ground troops.
In Jesus' name, go have an awesome week of sharing your story and sharing your faith. God bless you.